The 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs are finally here, and the Dallas Stars are in action tonight against the Minnesota Wild in game one of their first round series. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Seth Topol of Locked On Minnesota Wild to preview and get you prepared for everything you need to know about this series. We'll talk about Jason Robertson, Kirill Kaprizov, Jake Ottinger, and so much more on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Monday, April 17th. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NHL60 and use code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Thank you guys for tuning into today's episode. Subscribe to Locked on Stars wherever you get your podcast at YouTube, Apple, Spotify. We're free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Great episode on tap as we chat with Seth Topol of Locked on Minnesota Wild to get you prepared for tonight's game one and the entire series. The Stars playing the Minnesota Wild, the two seed, versus the three seed in the Central Division, and we cover a variety of topics. We talk about the star players, Robertson, Kaprizov, the goalie matchup, Jake Ottinger, Philip Gustafson, but we talk about defensemen, the biggest storylines, what's at stake for each team in this series, a ton to dive into. So let's go ahead and jump into today's crossover episode with Locked on Wild. Welcome in, everybody, to this Western Conference playoff crossover preview the Stanley Cup playoffs are finally here and the Stars and the Wild have both been curious for quite some time who they'd be playing and now the answers have finally come to each team and the Stars will be the two seed from the Central Division playing against the three seed from the Central Division Minnesota Wild my name is Dane Lewis host of the Locked On Stars podcast joined by Seth Topol host of Locked On Minnesota Wild and Seth, it's been a, a crazy regular season, a lot of ups and downs for each team in the division. But here we are where the Stars and the Wild, I think two teams that a lot of people expected to be kind of in this, you know, near the top of the division category. But obviously Colorado probably winning it. They didn't run away with the division like everyone thought. But how are you feeling just initially with with this playoff series coming up? Because uh, I know these teams do have a little bit of history. They played, I was, was that 2016, 2017 they last played in the playoffs in the first year? Yes. I, I believe that was that was correct. And you look at it from a wild perspective. I don't know that many wild fans. I think a lot of wild fans expected that this may be a playoff team, but more like a wild card one or a wild card two. Um, just with losing Kevin Fiala with the offensive struggles throughout the year. But there have been no shortage of bright spots uh, for this team. Philip Gustafson, uh, maybe the biggest. And one of the biggest reasons that this wild team finds themselves in the third spot in the division and just kind of got caught in that, like, you can't really catch the two teams in front of you. So taking the foot off the gas, 
make sure everybody's healthy. So the last few games of the season have been a little bit of a, a rocky road, but you wipe the record clean and you just let it rip. It's postseason time. Let's go. That's right. It's a whole new season now for all 16 teams remaining. And to get us started off today, we're going to kind of start broad and then we'll kind of narrow things down as the show goes along on this crossover preview. But again, we're just going to start big from your perspective and the way you see the Minnesota Wild. What is the biggest storyline for this Minnesota team coming into this series? Uh, And then I'll give a little bit of insight on the star side as well here in just a sec. So I would say the biggest story, there's this this huge, like, looming dark cloud that just encapsulates Minnesota sports in general that I'll talk about in a second. But I think the biggest question mark coming into this series is what led the Wilds down last year is who is going to step up to help Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov just took over that series against the St. Louis Blues, but he was really the only one that did. And it was similar to two years ago against the Vegas Golden Knights. You just have a bunch of guys that don't contribute offensively like they did in the regular season. And so if teams step up to try to stop Kirill, who's going to be the one to take the lead? Will it be Matt Boldy? Will it be somebody else? That's I think that's the single biggest question for this team. And then, of course, you have the overall Minnesota playoff experience, which has not been a lot of fun for any of the Minnesota teams for almost two decades. I mean, the Twins, the last team to win a major championship um, of the core four in Minnesota, and that was 1991. You just you have a lot of postseason failures. And so can this wild team be the one that finally punches those demons in the mouth? Or are they just going to be the latest added to the end of the list of teams that have gotten to this point and have just not been able to overcome it? Yeah, definitely. And I think Dallas fans can relate a little bit, not having won a championship, what, the Mavericks in in 2011, and the Cowboys are a whole different conversation. But, I mean, the Stars made it to the cup final in 2020, but obviously fell just short to the Tampa Bay Lightning and I think the the storyline is for the stars, at least the biggest one is similar in some way, but you look at historically when the stars kind of, you know, make these playoff runs or they make it into the postseason, they kind of come in as this fringe on the bubble team, like a like last year, wildcard team against the Calgary flames or they, they come in stumbling a little bit, but now they've won six in a row and they had a shot to win the division, but ultimately, you know, came up a point short of that. And they have this first year head coach of Peter DeBoer, who historically does very well in his first season with his new teams. He takes the Devils and the Sharks to the Stanley Cup finals in year one of his tenure with those teams and takes the Vegas Golden Knights to the conference finals in his first season with that team. And and so now there's kind of some momentum that the stars have generated. But there's also this thought, I, I think, in the back of some people's minds of, you know, is, is this a legitimate stars team one? Like, I know that that's kind of been called into question just because of their so many overtime losses. I think they were second or third in the league in overtime losses, which, you know, the three V three is eliminated in the playoffs. So I think that that does matter a little bit, but I think that's kind of the the burning question on everyone's mind and kind of the biggest, bigger, yeah, biggest storyline for this team. Uh, Is this, is this a legitimate cup contending team with a coach who's been there before, but just hasn't, you know, gotten over the hump. And I think that's kind of what everyone's going to be watching for is how 
Pete DeBoer coaches this team and manages this team in the playoffs. Cause we, we both know, I mean, with our teams having been there last year and I mean, both teams, Dallas and Minnesota, pretty consistent participants in the playoffs over the past few seasons. It, it's totally different the way that you, you know, the guy, the way that you delegate minutes and the way that you, you know, utilize your special teams and, and things like that. I mean, you just have to approach it way differently. And Pete DeBoer, I think, has done a very good job in year one here in Dallas replacing Rick Bonus. But now the question is, you know, can he finally kind of get the monkey off his back, take his take another team on a deep run? But, you know, can they get to that finish line? Because I think the West is just so wide open. It's hard to point at one individual team and say this team in the Western Conference is the favorite. I think you could make a case for just about every team on the Western side of the bracket. And you could probably sell a lot of people on why that team could win it all. Maybe, you know, barring some of the wild card teams, but even Winnipeg and Seattle, I think that they have, you know, a, a convincing case in some areas of why they can make a deep run. Well, and, and you look at all of these teams and most of them, I would say the Kraken may be the exception here. Um, most of them have a goalie who at some point during this season has gone on a run to where you are legitimately like winning games single-handedly with mm. your goalie. I mean, yep. look at what Jake Ottinger did last year in the playoffs against the Flames. He basically single-handedly won that series and um, nearly won that series. Um, and then, you know, you've got Gustafson for the Wild, who has been just a sensational goalie all season. The one interesting part, Dane, for this series, I think, is you look at, you keyed in on the overtime losses for the Stars. Minnesota Wild have had a ton of success in overtime and the shootouts, which are not going to be elements that will be at their disposal for the postseason. So how do the Wild handle that um, will be a huge key to how this series plays out because sometimes you're you're looking for that tying goal late, just, just kind of hang on and try to get through to overtime, to the shootout. Well, now you can't necessarily uh, you can't necessarily uh, just have that in your back pocket. Yeah, for sure. And I think there were stretches of the season where the stars found themselves in a lot of those situations where they're looking for that late goal, but they're tied and they think, well, we'll at least get a point out of this game. And it, I think that that somehow has gotten them to where they are because they did pocket a lot of points with those overtime losses. But now you can't do that. I mean, an overtime loss in the playoffs is a regular loss. And that, you know, is one game closer to elimination. So it's a totally different animal, totally different beast, but it's going to be interesting to see how both of these teams approach that with, you know, the differing success in overtime. Now that that's kind of pushed to the side, really excited to see where they can move their games going forward. But we're going to continue to talk about this first round matchup, the stars and the Minnesota wild kicking things off on Monday night in Dallas. But first we're going to take a minute and say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's episode and that is Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to take one with ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. 
It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, everybody, this is Dane Lewis, host of Locked On Stars, Seth Topal, Locked On Wild, getting you prepared for everything you need to know about this first round series between the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. Things getting started on this Monday night in Dallas at the American Airlines Center. And Seth, we've talked about some of the big storylines for the entire team, but now we get to dive into a little bit of the specifics here. Who are some of the key players to watch on Minnesota's side of things? Obviously, you talked about Kirill Kaprizov, but it's not just him. There's been a lot of guys on this Minnesota team that have been doing some damage as of late. Yeah, we we know Kirill Kaprizov is the heartbeat of this team. He's the offensive driver. He's the goal scorer, the highlight reel specialist for this team. But obviously, there are more than just him on this team. So some of the guys that are going to absolutely have to help him out, uh, we're going to start with Matt Boldy. And it's interesting because when Kirill Kaprizov went down uh, after getting injured against the Winnipeg Jets, you you panic as uh, as somebody that covers this team because he has been such a huge focal point of this offense. And then Matt Boldy just steps up and takes over. He got to the 30-goal plateau this year, which was interesting because he was projected to be about an 18 or a 19-goal scorer before Kaprizov got hurt, and he just takes his game to this completely different level. Uh, I think he had, I believe it was 13 goals in March alone. Just an insane heater. But we've seen this team kind of go back to, okay, Kirill is back, so we're just going to kind of let him do his thing, and we're here to help if we, we're here to help you if you need it. Well, it's postseason time. You're going to need it, especially as the road team in this series not able to dictate the matchups um, and, and get that last change, at least not at Excel until you're at Excel Energy Center. So Matt Boldy's going to have to be one of those driving factors. That second line is going to be pivotal for this team to be able to try to keep up with what Dallas is bringing um, throughout the course of this series. So Boldy's a big one. Philip Gustafson is a big one. Um, likely, likely your game one starter. He is going to need to do what he's done at points throughout the season, which is just simply not allow goals. He needs to give this team a chance because on the other end, as I'm sure you'll talk about, Jake Ottinger, he's a pretty darn good goalie. So if uh, Gustafson can match his performance, give this team time to, you know, they're, they're going to have to manufacture some goals in this series. So if Gustafson can give them an opportunity to do just that, uh, that's going to help the Wild out in this series. Jonas Brodeen is another. Somebody's going to have to try to slow Jason Robertson down. I would imagine Robertson will see a healthy dose of Jared Spurgeon and Jake Middleton. But Pete DeBoer is going to try to go away from that matchup as much as he can. So you're going to have to have... Jonas Brodeen step up and uh, and take some of that responsibility. He's capable. He's done it against the likes of Connor McDavid and otherwise. So he's capable of doing it. Uh, and then beyond that, I would say 
one of the other big keys. I'm, I'll throw I'll throw him in here because it, it's trending towards uh, him potentially starting in game one. Brock Faber, that third line D pairing for the Minnesota Wild has been a roller coaster this year. And we saw it happen against the Blues last year where the uh, the Blues picked apart John Merrill and Dmitry Kulikov um, throughout the series. So they're going to they, they can sense the blood in the water. The stars can. So they're going to go at that matchup anytime they can. And if Brock Faber can do what he's done over the, his first two games in the NHL, which is just he just looks calm out there. He just looks like a calming presence. If he can bring that in this series, I think that's going to go a long way, too. Yeah, definitely. We'll be worth keeping an eye on that for sure. And I'll go ahead and you know start where with one of the guys that, that you mentioned just a second ago. And Jake Ottinger obviously is going to be one of, if not the most important player for the Stars during this run, however long it lasts. You talk about what he did last year against the Calgary Flames. He did nearly win that series for the team uh, in just what was a tightly contested series. Every game really just you know coming down to the wire and was a goalie battle between him and Jacob Markstrom. And he's been playing some of his best hockey all season here down the stretch. He, of course, shuts out the St. Louis Blues in the final game of the regular season. And he just plays with a ton of confidence, but also kind of has that that swagger and that edge that you kind of look for in a goalie where, where it's that competitive balance of, you know, poise and, and calm under pressure, but also bringing a little bit of energy to, to the position. And so I, I think that he and Gustafson, it, it has the making for, you know, one of the more entertaining series in the first round in terms of a goalie matchup, but even just beyond him, there's so many other guys that I'm curious to see how they perform just because last year I feel like we didn't get quite what we wanted. And that starts with Jason Robertson, who wasn't a huge factor in last year's series against Calgary. But then this year, I mean, has set a ton of new records here in Dallas. The only Stars player uh, since the team moved here in the, in the mid-90s to score 100 points in a season, 46 goals, 63 assists. I, I mean, it's unreal what he's done in the regular season. He's been the catalyst for the team offensively. And if it's not him doing the damage, I, I'm – I know that you you know you mentioned Jared Spurgeon probably going to be trying to match up with him as much as he can. I mean, if it's not Robertson that's burning you, he's finding a way to get the puck to his line mates. Rope Hints, Joe Pavelski, both of those guys are going to be worth watching as well. It's one of the best lines in the league and has been for the past couple of seasons. And all three of those guys are you know kind of hitting their stride right now. Joe Pavelski in particular kind of had a, a cold stretch kind of after the All Star break, but really ever since the month of March has found new life and. He, he, similar to Pete DeBoer, is looking for that elusive Stanley Cup championship that he's gotten close to winning before, but obviously hasn't been able to get across the finish line. And then you can even look at the defensive side. Miro Haskinen is also going to be a, a big piece of what the Stars are trying to accomplish here. Now, now that John Klingberg's gone, which I'm surprised we've made it, what, 17 minutes into this recording and <laughs> we haven't brought up John Klingberg once, but now he's a part of the wild. But, you know, ever since he's left Dallas, Miro Haskinen has been tasked with being the guy uh, from the blue line, quarterbacking power play one, and, and finding ways to facilitate and set up. Not a big goal scorer, but has you know set a new career high for points in a season for a Stars defenseman this year. So still finding ways to be active offensively, while also you know still being a, a daunting defenseman uh, to have to match up with, against with his speed and the way that he uses his stick. So th those are kind of the guys on the Stars end to be on the lookout for, but I mean, I feel like Robertson Kaprizov is, again, going to be what the national media wants to talk about. Again, because and we talk about it all the time when we 
do these episodes like this. I mean, they just seem attached at the hip. And I mean, this is what the, now the first time that we'll get to see them go head head to head in the postseason. Uh, and I think that that's going to be really special and it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Yeah. And I think the th- one of the things that is most interesting about this series is those team swap ties. You know, you talk about Jake Ottinger being a Minnesota native, Ryan wow. Suter, former mm-hmm. wild defenseman. Uh, John Klingberg uh, is uh, is a now on the wild. He was a uh, former star. Alex Goligoski, former star. So there are a ton of guys that are either from Minnesota or played on the stars now on the wild. And yeah, I, I think that is one of the coolest things about when these two teams play is that your top player on both teams Kaprizov and Robertson are always going to be linked because of that Calder trophy run uh, that Kaprizov ended up winning. But how fun was that to watch those two guys down the stretch going for the, uh, the Calder trophy. And ever since they have been linked and you're talking about two of the rising stars in this league. uh, It's just, it's such a fun little detail that links them every time they go head to head and every time they go head to head, it feels like you see something you've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. That no shortage of drama when, when these teams get together, it feels like the games are always competitive and, and you know, there's always a little bit of physicality thrown in there as well with, you know, Jared Spurge and Jamie Ben being the captains. That's just kind of, you know, how it can be sometimes. And I'm sure with, with John Klingberg on the opposing side for, you know, the first time ever in the playoffs from Dallas, like, it's going to be really fun to watch and see just how, how that factors into the game. Cause that's kind of a whole other layer to the postseason. is there's, you know, of course the, the physical side and the game planning side, but there's that mental side too of, you know, there's going to be those scrums and who, who lets their emotions get the best of them or who lets their emotions, you know, take away from what they're doing in the game and who's going to be able to keep their composure and, you know, be able to shake that stuff off and keep playing. And that's, you know, what can make or break a team in the playoffs. Yeah, and I I think, and I'll I'll elaborate on this a little bit more as we dive into some of the specific storylines, but you look at how both of these teams um, had their postseason runs last year ended. For the Stars, it was coming up on the wrong end of of a fantastic series that was really back and forth between the two teams. For the Minnesota Wilds, a two games to one lead in that series. And then you see St. Louis really just throw everything that got them there in the blender. And the wild just never recovered from that. They, they got that lead. I think there was a little bit of a sense of, all right, we, we got this in the bag. And before you know it, you, uh, you couldn't flip that switch again. And the St. Louis blues end up winning the series. So both teams hungry to, uh, to get a step further than they did last year. No doubt. And we'll we'll wrap things up here in a little bit. Talk about some final burning questions, X, X factors and anything else that the people listening need to know about this series. But we're going to take one more quick break. All right. Final segment of today's Western Conference playoffs crossover. Dane Lewis locked on stars. Seth Topol locked on Minnesota Wild, getting you set for everything you need to know before this first round series gets going tonight. And, and I mean, we've talked about the key players. We've talked about the big names, Gustafson, Ottinger, Kaprizov, Robertson, but Seth, just on the wild ends of things, I know that there's a, a good amount of stars and wild fans listening. I, I mean, what, what's 
kind of been the uh, we talked about the big storyline, but it, it, what, what else do the people need to know about this Minnesota team uh, heading into the postseason? I feel like we could have talked about John Klingberg here, but but we've already you know had that whole discussion. You know, it's a lot of eyes are awaiting the status of Jewel Eriksonak, who is maybe the top of the list. And this is going to sound weird, but I think Wild fans know where I'm going with this. Maybe the player that is most difficult to replace on the team. You're talking about Jewel Eriksonak. in just because of what he brings defensively, his presence on the power play, his ability to win faceoffs, the center probably of the uh, the penalty kill. That's that's hard to fill all of that production. And so the hope is that he could at some point later in this series be ready to come back in. But I think that is something that a lot of fans are are looking to see if he's able to. Um, if we get an update early here in the week that he has begun skating, you know, that obviously is going to give you some hope that he can come back. But that's just a huge loss for this wild team and one that uh, it's not going to be easy to try to replace. So that's that's the big one for me. A couple of the others. Special teams wise, uh, the numbers suggest that uh, the stars and wild are pretty comparable, at least from a penalty kill standpoint. And you look at the two teams, the stars with a 25 percent power play in the regular season, um, the wild were at 21 percent. But I really have concerns because at times the wild power play has just looked completely out of whack. Now, part of that is Karol Kaprizov missed a chunk of time. Down the stretch, he obviously is the a huge driving factor. But this happened in last year's series against the St. Louis Blues is that your penalty kill, the numbers can look good, but at this point now you're facing a lot of the teams that get to the postseason have dynamic power plays. We're not talking about just good, dynamic power plays that are capable of picking apart a penalty kill, no matter how good it is, because that's just what they do. So I, I'm really looking to see how the Wild try to mitigate penalties in this series to prevent the penalty kill from getting overexposed. Now, it's a more aggressive penalty kill than last year, which has led to a ton of shorthanded opportunities. So you take the good with the bad, but the Wild need to mitigate penalties in this series to prevent the penalty kill from being overexposed. And I, I just, I really hope that they find a way to get that power play back on track because there were power plays down the stretch where they struggled to even get the puck into the offensive zone. And if you have an opportunity in the postseason, you can't falter on them to the level of, say, Florida last year, where they were, what, one for 31 uh, mm -hmm. in, the, uh, in the postseason on the power play? Like, yeah. You can't do that. If you get those opportunities, you have to cash in on them. So that's that's another big one. And then third pairing defense, uh, a spot that uh, that the Blues picked apart in last year's series. If Brock Faber does indeed get the start here in tonight's game, can he help turn that from a disadvantage for the Wild to a spot that now where the Stars uh, can't really look at that as as a weak spot? That's those are, I think, the big few that I'm looking at in this series is just those are some spots because it's postseason. It's a chess match. Opposing coaches 
are looking at every single spot on this team and are going to try to, if there's anything that is even remotely considered a weakness, they're going to try to exploit it every time they can. No doubt. And that's, again, another aspect of this series is the chess match of the coaches behind the bench. And that's stuff that we, the viewer, aren't always you know going to see or know about. But, I mean, behind closed doors, in the locker room, in their meeting rooms, I mean, it is just a frenzy trying to, to prepare for these series and knowing who matches up best in what situations. And especially in that case where you potentially have a, a kid who just finished up, you know, playing a season of college hockey, going straight to, you know, he's obviously played a few NHL games, but, you know, getting thrust kind of right into the fire into the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's a, <laughs> that's quite the task to, to be faced with as, as such a young kid, but an exciting one for sure. I imagine for Minnesota wild fans and, from the Dallas perspective, there, there's a lot of different, you know, burning questions, X factors. And I think a lot of it starts with the stars. What, what's been the third line most of the season? I, I know sometimes they get slotted in as the stars second line, but I mean, it, it's such an interesting trio of starting with the captain, Jamie Ben, who it's crazy that he's been relegated to third line minutes as the captain, but it's been a position for him that he's just taken in stride. There's been no complaints, no bitterness it seems on his end although he's a man of few words so even if there is bitterness I don't think many people would know but he's had a, a, an incredible rejuvenation of a season with 78 points we haven't seen him get around those numbers since 2017-2018 when he had 79 but he's really found new life he scored 33 goals uh, which in the last few he had 18 last year 11 the year before 19 the year before that so he takes this big jump offensively and I think a big part of it is because if he was playing alongside Wyatt Johnston, 19-year-old rookie who has 24 goals on the year, there's been a lot of movement around the roster. But really, I mean, whenever players get moved, those two have always stayed together, Ben and Johnston. And then the top line has kind of stayed intact. But other than that, everyone's been moved around. And I'm curious to see how that duo does with Evgeny Dodonov thrown in, who the Stars picked up at the trade deadline from Montreal. It's been an effective unit, especially here down the stretch. Wyatt Johnston, I think, has goals in his last two or three games to close out the regular season. But again, the, the play, and I think Brock Faber is similar. I mean, the playoffs are so different. And both of these guys are, are young kids who are still trying to get their footing in the NHL, although Johnston played the entire season here. He, he just likely hasn't really experienced anything like he's going to experience over this series and however, you know, however far the stars end up going. And so I'm curious to see how his game translates and carries over. And then you talk a little bit about the wild and their, you know, the defense kind of lacking, I guess, in the third pairing. And I think the stars can find themselves in a similar situation at times. It's been one of the biggest knocks on the team is sometimes they get a little bit leaky defensively around the net. Obviously, Miro Haskinen isn't too much of a liability there. And even players like Essel and Dell do a pretty good job, but it's some of the other guys, it's guys like, Ryan Suter, who is a former Minnesota Wild player, as you mentioned, up, up there in age and certainly not the defensive player that he once was. Yanni Hockenpah is a big body. He's physical, but sometimes he can get beat and, and, you know, leave his goalie out to dry. And then there's really kind of just been a revolving door of other players kind of in those bottom, bottom pairings. Niels Lundqvist, uh, who probably won't play in this series. Uh, Colin Miller, who's kind of been up and down the lineup. The, the Stars got as a free agent from Buffalo over the summer. But then Thomas Harley, who's been in the AHL all season, he's finally been called up here over the past week or so of the regular season. He's looked really good. And his first NHL game ever actually came back in the bubble in Edmonton in 2020. 
in the Stanley Cup finals. And so he's been in the postseason before, but he's matured a lot as a player now. So I'm curious to see how he gets utilized, you know, being in his early 20s, not a ton of NHL experience, but, you know, over the past two weeks or so looked really sharp. Uh, but I, I do have one more question for you about it. We talked a lot about the goalies, Ottinger and Gustafson, but I am curious just if, if you have any insight on this. Do you think that we'll see Marc-Andre Fleury play at all in this series? Because Gustafson is the young guy. He's had an incredible season. But Marc-Andre Fleury, even though he's maybe not what he used to be, I mean, he's one of the best goalies of our generation and has obviously been on this stage plenty of times in his career. So I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are on that. Do you want to see him play? Do you think that the, the Wild will look to use him at all? I do think we'll see him because this team has been so uh, prone to using that goalie rotation throughout the course of the season. And let's let's not forget, too, this will be the first postseason experience for Philip Gustafson. So mm-hmm. obviously we, we talk about the postseason is a completely different animal than the regular season. And so having Marc-Andre Fleury in your back pocket I think is a great uh, move for the wild. And I've been, I have been pushing giving Gustafson the first opportunity to fail. And that's not meant to be like a negative thing. I think you give Gustafson the first opportunity to falter because then you have flurry. Who's been in every postseason situation you can think of to come in. If Gustafson, let's say he starts game one and it doesn't go uh, the way that the wild were hoping. You can go to Flurry, or if you end up coming up a goal short and you like the way Gustafson played, maybe you go back to him. If you win, you just continue to roll with Gus Bus. Uh, there are a lot of different situations, and I think it's interesting because that was one of the big things last year for the Wild is that they hung on to what got them there too long. And so seeing Gustafson as your likely game one starter, seeing Faber in the lineup is an encouraging sign for this coaching staff that they're willing to go with the guys that are younger, but are better. And then if things don't work out for those guys, then you have those veterans that have played all season that can slide into those spots and and try to help you out. So I think we will see flurry in this series. Uh, It just depends on how Gus handles his, uh, his first big postseason test. Definitely. It was just, it's a, Good situation, I feel like, for Minnesota to have a backup with so much prestige to his name. Like, if Jake Ottinger, for some reason, can't play or doesn't play and Scott Wedgwood comes in, like, I think that changes the series. And, you know, it gives the Wild a pretty big advantage. Whereas, you know, if, you know, the Save the Stars win game one in the tight game, or or even if, you know, two, three goal game and they want to take Gustafson out, I I feel like it's not too big of a drop off to have Marc-Andre Fleury again, even with the old age or older age, I should say, he, he knows what it takes to win. And, and it's not like you're just throwing out, you know, a, a traditional backup. I mean, it's definitely not your, your average goalie number two, I would say. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it feels like flurry kind of thrives on that uh, back against the wall mentality. He had some of his best starts this season in which it seemed like the wild faced their biggest odds. So he obviously uses that as motivation. And I think he puts the team in a situation to kind of ride him in those particular moments. And so if, if that's something that the wild need full confidence that Mark Andre Fleury can, uh, can get them back into it. If we get to that point. Definitely. But 
nonetheless, it's going to be a great series. I expect it to be, you know, a, a pretty intense duel, a, a night in and night out between these two teams, competitive games, physical games, and, and to close out, to just kind of to, to lay down some predictions. How do you see this series ending? Who do you think wins it? How many games do you think it takes? I'm going to go with the Wild in this one because I think they learn from what happened last year. And I think some of those instances in which they kind of took their eye off the ball, I think those situations don't present themselves in this series. Now, obviously, Dallas is an incredibly tough opponent to go against. So I'm picking this series to go seven. I think games six and seven will both go to overtime. And uh, I think the Wild do ultimately prevail because I think we see Matt Boldy answer the challenge. And I think you get a nice one-two combo of Kaprizov and Boldy in this series. And I think that just ends up being the difference maker. Yeah, I I go back and forth on on the length of the series. I'm obviously going to lean towards Dallas and and think that they have a great shot to win this one. It feels like it's been a while since we've seen them have true home ice advantage in a series in the postseason. I think that that factors in. I think that factored into last year's series for them against Calgary. But I I think with so many of these, the guys that have emerged for them this season, Robertson, Haskin, and Hintz, even Ottinger. I mean, some of those guys were bigger factors than others in last year's playoffs, but Now those guys all have that experience under their belt. The offense has taken leaps and bounds forward under Pete DeBoer, Jamie Benn, White Johnston, Robertson, Hintz, even Tyler Sagan to some extent has had a pretty nice second half of the season. And I think that that is going to make the difference because both goaltenders we know are very, very good and are going to be sharp in this series. But I'm going to go Dallas and I'm going to say that the Stars win in six games. And I'll agree with the overtime. I think we'll get at least two games in this series that go past regulation. I think one of them will probably be the series finale, whether that ends up being a game five, game six, game seven to be determined. But just, just given the history between these two teams, overtime hockey would not shock me at all if it happened multiple times. Yeah. Just and postseason just kind of, I think draws towards that conclusion because you have teams that in, in some cases are so evenly matched that, it takes more than regulation to decide the outcome. So it's just, it's a series that has no shortage of star power, pun intended. And so uh, I look forward to, uh, to seeing how this plays out because it's, it's going to be an epic. I don't get the sense that this is going to be one of those letdown series. Save that for Vegas, Winnipeg. Uh, That would (laughs) be, That'd be my call if there was one that was going to be a little underwhelming. But I I think this one will be a great series, and I can't wait to see how it turns out. Absolutely. I'm in the exact same boat, but this has been been fun. I I know we've done our fair share of crossovers in the past, but this is the first one we've done for the postseason. And, Seth, if you want to take a minute, I know we have a lot of Stars fans out there who might want to keep up with with everything Wild-related in this series. If you want to take a minute, let the people know where, uh, where they can find you and your work. Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth T O U P S. That's where a majority of the lockdown wild Twitter in-game, uh, action happens. Uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at lockdown wild, follow us on, uh, other social media platforms, YouTube, and, uh, your favorite podcast platforms, just search lockdown wild. You'll find everything that, uh, that there is to offer. And, um, yeah, just, it, this is this is going to be a meat grinder. I am <laughs> so ready for it to start. 
as am I, and for any Minnesota fans or new Dallas Stars fans who are just now finding Locked on Stars, if you want to find our show anywhere, you can just search Locked on Stars on your favorite podcasting platform, on YouTube, and on social media as well. That's typically Instagram, Twitter. That's kind of where we'll be posting stuff throughout this postseason, throughout you know this series in particular, and hopefully beyond. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Seth. This is going to be a fun series. It, it always... I mean, as, as great as it would have been to win the division, I think it is it adds a little bit more excitement to go up against a division rival in the first round. And I, I, I we'll have to see where this goes. And, and maybe we'll be hopping back on for a, a game six or game seven preview at some point. Sounds good to me. 